Hello and welcome to another podcast. It is Coach Mark Manila here from ESL, businessinglishexperts.com and initial-impact.com. If you haven't already heard of me, then well done, you found me. <laughs> and uh, if you are a follower, thank you so much for listening in. So today I'm going to be speaking um, specifically about my Japanese students and anybody here from Japan speaking Japanese who is trying so hard to improve your English and frustrated um, with why you seem to be finding it harder to pick it up than maybe your other colleagues who also might be speaking English as a second language. If they're not from Japan, then you may be comparing yourself. And remember what we say about that, never compare yourself to anybody. It's only competing with yourself that's important. Are you being the best that you can today? So let's look, though, at why my Japanese students and other Japanese speakers do have a harder time and also how to fix that for you. There's a, there's a specific reason, well, actually, there's a few, why it's harder for Japanese students. But don't worry, it is all fixable and doable as long as you know what's going on and things to do. Before we go any further, though, I've just got to say, fabulous to have so many of you with me now. This podcast is growing fast and it's delightful to see it because my aim, as you all know, is to get this out into the hands of as many people worldwide. I want all this information out of my head with all of you, okay? People who can't afford to ever get coaching at all. I don't care who you do your coaching with. Sometimes it's too expensive, right? I get that. I totally understand it. And so my role here is to reach as many people as I can. And what better medium than a podcast? So we've got still United States. You are still coming in at the top. Lots of you from the United States. Also, good for you to know here who you're listening with. France is in second place. 14% of my audience are from France, which is great. Vietnam, you're just sliding into third place now. You were neck and neck with France. And then India, that's been the biggest shock. Wow, you've rocketed up from 1% to 6% of my audience overnight. So lovely to have so many of you with me. Please keep spreading the word far and wide. Philippines, we've got to do something. You have now slipped down into fifth place. You are 4%, but I know we can get back up there again. Where's the Laban, the fighting spirit? Come on, Philippines, right, okay. Turkey, good to still see you holding your own there. 3% of my listeners come from Turkey. And I have to say a warm, warm hello to Merve if you're listening. It's nice to have you with me, okay? So many of my Turkish students, I couldn't mention you all, but really delightful to know that some of you are now checking here okay and um, also germany three percent and japan hello i've got loads of lovely japanese students and it's nice to obviously talk about how we can help you a bit further in this podcast so hello to masahiro hello to sako oh my goodness where where do i begin shingo hello shingo um i don't want to miss everybody at mitsuki okay if you're listening i could be here forever i'm not going to have to say all your names okay but the point is it's lovely to have you here. Let's try and push this podcast out even further. We've got people as far as Mongolia now and China. You finally turned up. You fought your way through the firewalls and all the chaos there to locate my podcast. I've got a lot of students that I used to work with in China. So lovely to hopefully know some of you are listening to me here as well. Um, let's talk about it then. Let's talk about why it is harder for Japanese uh, speakers to get the hang of English to a certain level that is near enough native, right? What's going on? Well, here's the deal. English and Japanese are very different languages, okay? It's exceptionally so. English is considered one of the most complicated languages on earth to learn. And oddly enough, Japanese is considered one of perhaps the easiest, 
but only by speakers of languages other than English. So it seems to be that English and Japanese do not interchange well. There are many reasons why. Um, let me first speak about the key difference is the fact that, well, the sentence structure and syntax. So many Asian English language learners notice it's an issue. So it doesn't matter. It isn't just Japanese students now. So if you're from any other Asian country, still listen to this podcast because some of these things will be affecting you too. So Eastern and Western Asian languages have different syntaxes than English. Uh, Japanese sentences tend to have verbs at the end. English places those right after the subject most of the time anyway, all right? Not 100% but mostly. So, of course, you can also assume that English word order can be challenging to grasp too. Um, the adjective order is often cited as a big challenge by many of my Japanese students. Some people just automatically know, but it seems that with Japanese speakers or other Asian language speakers, it's confusing to know which order things should go in. Okay, so it can take some getting used to, but it's not bad. Right, what you've got to do is really understand these things. Okay, Use a dictionary first to see what the word means and how it's used in context and example sentences. So you can start to understand the sentence. This is important, okay, because the English has different order words to Japanese. If you're reading something, try and spot where things like verbs are and what they follow. You'll notice a pattern eventually and get really good at it. Try to do that for 10 minutes every day, 28 days on a trot, that's a nice idiom, on a trot means in a row, one after the other, trotting is like what horses do, trot, trot, trot along, not galloping, galloping is going faster, trotting is just a nice steady pace, right? It's faster than walking, but not galloping, right? <laughs> okay, do that and you will start to see a little bit of improvement in understanding the patterns in English, that's important. Also, English has many exceptions. This really confuses most, actually, any nationality. Um, because it borrows from so many different languages, it has exceptions to nearly every grammar or spelling rule. Most other languages do not have these many exceptions. So this is why English is certainly more challenging. Okay? Um, all languages do borrow from others at times, but they tend to create a space for those alongside their own, their own words. Um, and frequently we see them borrowing concepts, not the words themselves, okay? So if you think about it, there's so many annoying things that frustrate like in grammar, like the I before E except after C rule, okay? And all those other crazy, ridiculous things. That it's just like, why? And it's just because, right? Okay. Um, so really from your point of view, it can be frustrating. Now, a person trying to translate from their language into English may encounter a list of choices for just one word as well. That's the other thing. So we've got so many options available um, and this can overwhelm you, right? So if we look at it, there's so many grammar exceptions compared to Japanese, it makes it difficult to learn. So what can you do? The solution is this. Um, English has quite a few words that are spelt the same way but mean different things. Words spelt differently that mean the same thing. It is confusing, right? But remember, you don't have to learn all these things in one go. So as you use the language, you develop background knowledge. Um, a couple of things you can do is obviously ask a native learner or, you know, a speaker to explain it in more detail and to keep a record of the exceptions you find and look them up later. So try to put this into your coaching session that you might do with either another tutor if you can't afford it to coach yourself um, every single day and it will become slightly less confusing. 
The other thing that's the biggest problem for Japanese speakers in particular is because you're not surrounded. Culturally, uh, Japan has been isolated, really, up until fairly recently from the rest of the world, which means you haven't been as exposed to um, just the sounds of English, the culture, the kind of the sentence structures. And in that way, it's kept things very I think nice in Japan because you've kept your own unique identity and traditions, which I absolutely uh, you know appreciate and I think is actually admirable. Um, but on the downside, when it comes to then being better at the speaking of the English, it's proving a little bit of a block. So here's the thing: I'd like you to try and practice with somebody every single day. Practice speaking English and then listening as well to the responses is vital. Um, if you want sessions, then obviously you can book sessions with me. Money back guarantee with the first session. Um, also, what you can do if it is proving to be a bit of a challenge to arrange sessions is you can take, like I offer, an IELTS spoken package. So you can book uh, 20 tasks, but we can change it for you. It doesn't have to be IELTS that you're practicing, but basically you can record um, certain clips of yourself speaking and then send them to me and I will feed back to you at your own leisure. So you don't have to have a booking or make appointments. Um, how you're sounding, how you could expand it better, how you could improve it better. But frankly speaking, the best strategy for my Japanese students is talk, talk, talk and practice listening. The more conversation you have with another person, the better you're going to get. Okay. It's also very difficult when you're learning a new language if the material doesn't make much sense. Okay. Um, you may have trouble understanding certain things about how certain words should be used. Okay. And you can try to use things like YouTube to work it out. There's many uh, free videos on there, right? Instructional videos trying to explain things. So, that, you know, those resources online um, might just help push you forward, okay? The other thing that is a problem is figurative language, right? Now, most languages, we use a bit of figurative language. Um, so we say things like, raining cats and dogs, biting the bullet. I mean, these are all like idioms. And the problem is we are probably have the most idioms ever. Um, things costing an arm and a leg to come, you know, convey how expensive something is. These are strange to hear. If you know the origins or origins of them, should I say, then they make more sense. Okay. But you're not necessarily going to know the origins of them. And if you don't, then listen out for my idioms podcast coming soon. Because I'm going to go through a few of the most common ones and explain what I understand um, them to have mean, uh, meant sorry, in the past and how you can use their meaning now. Okay, And understand the actual where they originated from, which is going to help you. Think of the phrase, bite the bullet. Okay, Now, that clearly developed on a battlefield before adequate medical care could be given and therefore there was no anesthetic or anything or you know to knock you out if we had to take a bit of shrapnel out of your leg sadly we'd just bite down on a bullet or piece of wood to kind of cope with the pain and just get over it right biting the bullet means something painful but you've just got to get over it so there are many idioms in figurative language okay so as i say the best thing that you can do is try to practice with a native speaker and to understand it okay um, if you're practicing with a non-native speaker who is also trying to teach you that could be a problem because they equally won't know the reasons why they are what they are okay so that's a key thing um really you can go online 
You can buy big books of idioms. I've got a bookstore. You can follow the link down below and get yourself a book from there too if you want. But the best thing you can do is probably just try to check them out online and then attempt to use them yourself into your um, discussions. Get them in the right way, clearly, and you're going to sound more native. Okay, because really it's going to help ease things a lot if you can put these into your conversations. Also, um, slang phrases are local. Okay, so sometimes we really don't understand, um, even native speakers don't understand our say local expressions compared to say another region of the UK. So don't worry about it. Um, if we get confused about it, then you definitely will, right? Okay, so there's no fear of that. It's just what happens. Obviously, the other thing is um, the, the letter system and the, the phonics. So English has a little more than 40 letters. Okay, um, And when you think about it, the Japanese has less than 30. So while these numbers do not seem so far apart, when you consider the sounds required to make words, um, you know, it's no... It doesn't take a genius to work out. Japanese speakers are just not accustomed to making these sounds. So when we think about it, if you don't know the sounds, it's very difficult, not only for you to speak certain things, but also to hear certain things. And this is why my Japanese speakers have the hardest time with their listening skills, because you haven't grown accustomed to hearing those sounds. They don't exist. And therefore, you've got to learn them as a brand new novelty okay, in your life. So this is a real important part because speech is a significant part of communication, but listening equally so, possibly more so on this one, right? So try to practice your listening skills as well as your speaking skills, okay? Um, when mispronouncing words, um, many of my native Japanese speakers find it difficult, okay, um, and frustrating. So it can be a challenge, but when we understand what's going on, then we can help make that challenge less of a battle for you. So if you think about the alphabet sounds and the writing system being very different for you, okay, we can fix this with very little effort, I say, actually. So it's just a question of um, practice, 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 looking up the sounds in an online audio dictionary where you can play the sound, all right, that's going to help you as well. And you can find lots of games online for phonics and, and training like that. So that's something that you can absolutely do your own and, of course, good old YouTube as well. As we say, with English dialects, not all people will say words exactly the same way. All right. So when we say uh, certain words like we've got past and past, right, okay, it just depends from where you're, where you're from in the UK, for example, as to how you would pronounce that, whether it's an R sound or an A sound, okay. But it doesn't matter as long as you are saying it as clearly as you can, most people will be able to grasp what you were saying. Then, of course, all right, we've got UK and then we've got the USA and then we've got Australia and then we've got Canadian. And it's just, you know, everybody's adding their own spin and their accent to it. So when you're speaking it, you're, you're doing so with your own accent, right? OK, and English belongs to everybody. So just put your own accent into it and everybody else will do. And you know, you just got to get used to it. The more you practice with a variety of different speakers, um, the better it's going to be. And this is why I do my group sessions, because we bring together three, sometimes four students from different parts of the world, and we all practice together, 10 weeks solid. And if you like the sound of that, go to eslbusinessenglishexperts.com and you can book yourself on the next group session. It will really give you a chance to make new friends, 
and meet new people from different cultures and certainly practice your listening and speaking skills with different accents. All right, okay. And the other problem is not much exposure to English in Japan, right? So, of course, you can watch movies, listen to the radio, you know, find someone who's bilingual. Practice speaking English with friends and family. Basically, anything that you can do, all right, um, and try to just, you know, do as much as you can to speak a lot and listen a lot. Also, music. This is a great one. So if you really love music, then you can listen to music. And in addition, try to work out what the lyrics mean. This was a fun task that Rio, hello, Rio, if you're listening, um, he's a great um, Japanese student that I had the privilege of working with. And Rio and I, we used to he, he used to bring songs that he loved, and we would unpick them and unpack them and discuss them and understand the meanings. And in fact, maybe I'll even try and do some of those podcasts and let's see how they help you to enjoy learning English and also understand how the musical lyrics are meant to be interpreted. Okay. Also, the alphabet and the writing system being very different from Japanese. Well, of course. Um, you know, as we've said before, a little bit of practice goes a long way. So just stick at that. Also, the cultural differences. Yeah. So if we think about it, Japanese culture is very against making mistakes. All right. I get that. It's admirable. All of my Japanese students just so hard on yourselves. But here's the thing. OK, um, it is an incredibly challenging language to learn is English. And Failure is actually part of the learning process. So please, I know it's hard in, in the cultural differences here. Um, try to resist, you know, not wanting to speak until you're perfect. I get that, all right? But really, this feeling that everyone's eyes are on you and that, you know, you, that you should be shy and you shouldn't speak in front of other people, I really want to encourage you that, you know, that fear of mistakes um, should not hold you back. I actually want you to make every mistake you can with me. This is what I say to all of my students, let alone my Japanese students. With me, you don't have to impress. We work it all out in a session so that when you get out into the general public, you can be as perfect as you like, all right? Okay, but it is really, really important for you um, to be able to practice speaking English and to do it in a risk-free environment. So find somebody you trust, Come and see me, um, join in with our group sessions, whatever you feel is going to work for you. Um, if I get enough people interested from Japan in a group session, then perhaps that would be great. Maybe I can put on a special group session for lots of Japanese students together and you can all practice together because you all face the same problems you know, and challenges. But none of it is insurmountable. I want to encourage you that, you know, really when we look at it, you may have a bit more to overcome from basically your fear more than anything and the lack of confidence and the ability to trust that you need to make some mistakes. Um, the Also, the exposure to English is lesser compared to other nationalities historically. So bear in mind, that's going to have an impact. It is not your fault at the end of the day. So I really want you to understand with the proper support and practice and placing that emphasis on really doing 10 minutes every day for 28 days consistently, you will see an improvement in this, okay? Um, I hope this has been of help to you. Try out some of those tips and techniques. If you found this helpful, please share the podcast with other Japanese speakers to help them too. Um, and indeed, just spread it worldwide regardless. And as I say, these tips don't just apply to Japanese speakers. It also applies to all of you if you're struggling with some of these issues. 
This is what could be going wrong. Your fear of your mm, mistakes is possibly holding you back. And I want to remind you all to make mistakes is important. For example, children, when they learn to walk, they didn't just say, I'm not going to walk until I'm perfect, did they? Or else we'd all still be sat crawling on the floor. Okay, so we have to get up, make a fool of ourselves, fall over. Okay, bang our heads a few times until we work it out. That is the nature of life. So this fear of speaking comes from society rather than actual reality as such, although it's totally valid. Um, I'm not saying it's nice to have that fear, but I understand that in Japan it can be very hard to find the right support. And this is why I offer the sessions to make you feel comfortable. You can do as many mistakes as you like with me and it is all good. We just laugh, we make fun, we have a go and we get back up again until we work it out together. It's a team event, okay? So thank you for listening. Good luck with all of that. Remember, you can um, subscribe to my newsletter. The link is down below. Also, if you would like to sponsor a podcast, you can sponsor me from as little as 99 cents a month, okay? And it really does help me keep this podcast free. Also, please, please, please let me know if you're having specific issues. Uh, you can reach me by messaging into the show or you drop me an email at hello at initial-impact.com. Furthermore, okay, when you sign up for my newsletter, some of you do stand the chance of winning a free session with me. So that's another incentive to sign up too. So get yourself over there, sign up, and remember, keep going, keep practicing, and you will reach where you are trying to reach with your English. Stay safe, I'll see you soon. Sorry to jump in at the end of your podcast, but I wanted to say a big thank you for listening. And if you love the podcast and would like to help me keep them free, do consider sponsoring me. You can subscribe for as little as 99 cents a month to sponsor a segment. Or if you want to do something as a one-off, you can click the link again in the show notes and buy me a coffee. It's a great way to help me spread this word as far and wide as possible to people like yourself who perhaps can't afford to get high-level English coaching but need to access this information all the same. I really appreciate your help and a big thank you for doing so. Also, if you are somebody looking to get into coaching, Maybe you're an English coach or perhaps you are another professional. Maybe you're a life coach or you might be a mental health counsellor. Basically, anybody who is in a caring or supportive profession or maybe you, you coach people in different academic subjects, I'd like to feature your podcast on my show and give you a chance to reach my audience. Yes, totally free of charge. All you have to do is follow the links down below in the show notes to find out how you can connect with me and send me your files. I will upload them to the show and you can basically reach my audience and build your own business. There are no catches at all. I'm simply here to offer my platform to help as many other professionals in a related field as myself to reach as many students as we can. And together, I believe we can do a lot better. Thank you for listening again. See you soon.